Deep in the farthest recesses of the most distant jungle lies a city. A city populated by the most mysterious, terrifying, and downright grotesque denizens ever seen by mortal eye. Here, in the darkened corners of this cavernous locale, sits an ordinary, average brick building with an innocuous, ordinary, average, blinking neon sign which reads, On Air. It is here where each week, Seth Breedlove and Mark Matsky convene to discuss the greatest mysteries the world has ever known. Now, strap on your hiking boots, grab your trusty walking stick, and don't forget your machete as we begin our journey through Monsteropolis. Hey guys, this is Monsteropolis, and I am one of the hosts, Seth Breedlove. This is our third weekend in a row with a disclaimer. Uh, So this episode, the disclaimer is that this is part two of the botched recording session, meaning we pulled the audio from the video, which is available for squad members. If the audio sounds terrible, that is the reason. I did what I could with it, so it's, it's listenable, but it's not up to our usual quality. So I just wanted to put a disclaimer here that we're aware of the issue and we have since fixed it, but this episode is definitely not our best in terms of sound quality. Uh, more coming and, and much better. So apologies for, for the sound issues, but we're aware of it and we are fixing it. Thanks guys. Olympic stuff. Yeah. All right. I've got nothing. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll throw things. it to you. I've got things. This is Monstropolis, a show about anomalies, legends, and monsters. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Seth Breedlove. I'm joined, as always, by my pal, Mark Matsky. Hello there. I am very excited because by the time this posts, I will have seen Godzilla vs. Kong Mm -hmm. probably numerous times. Yeah, because you got that HBO Max Uh, subscription. Yes. I and noticed they shut down the seven-day free trial just in time. For those <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah. Like, Gosh, they caught on. Yeah, yeah, and so that also created the opportunity for Andy and I to watch the Snyder Cut, which is pretty paranormal. Exciting. Definitely paranormal. Yeah. What did you think? What did you think of I the liked, Snyder Cut? I liked it. Yeah. I really liked it. Yeah. Especially like the Flash stuff. Yeah. But, but all of it, and like. Cyborg's role, yeah, and the, so much better. Oh my so gosh. crazy how, how I think the eye-opening thing for me was how much they ruined the movie, right? With the actual really, yeah, and the people thought that that was good. Mm-hmm. I mean, Andy and I talked about it at length, and we're like, can you imagine, like, what executive would say that was better? Like the Justice League that got released in the first place, like, oh, good, we fixed it. Yeah, it's good As now. A, <laughs> it's like a, the released. Cut was like a bad Marvel movie, and I've said before I'm not yeah. the biggest Marvel mm-hmm. Marvel fan to begin with, but the release cut, yeah, it was so, and it was just, in, I mean, had no memorable moments really, nothing. I didn't hate the original. It was just so, 
bland. Yeah, it was just inconsequential. Yeah, completely forgettable. Yeah, and this wasn't, and it's you know in some ways the same raw materials, but a completely different end vision. You know, and Dark Side is in it too. Oh, Dark Side, I don't know what it was because he's really just another one of these like CG. Yeah monsters uh-huh. but he was so cool yeah and the, mo- <laughs> and the mo- at the moment toward the end where the boom tube opens up and he's standing there looking at him I was yeah like, that's dark side like yeah that's what i want to see yeah that the portal boom tube face off at the end is yeah. pretty cool even if it never goes on from there i feel like that's a heck of a way to end i was hoping for a mr miracle oh. like homage or something yeah a little cameo or something mm-hmm. but nothing happened but it was, I think that it is depressing though when it ends. I'm like, okay, so that's like, that's it. Because they have the setup there for the, 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 what is the villains, the super villains, the society of super villainry oh. or whatever. But uh, there's that little moment at the end with, with Lex and Deathstroke on the boat. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then you get the other little moment at the end with, yes. the, with the Joker and everything. Yeah, it was good. I think. I, I said to Adrian, I really like the Snyder Cut a lot. I would like to see the actual theatrical version of the Snyder hmm. Cut, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Because yeah. the Snyder Cut's great, but it has moments where it's like, this didn't need to be in the movie. You could have cut this. There were there were there was a part where this same thing happens twice, removed by about a minute and a half like a look at something and then you get hmm. the same look a minute later and I was like that didn't need to be in. there's just little things they could easily trim an hour out of that movie and it would be I think it would be a great movie at that mm-hmm. point I think it becomes a great movie but yeah that all the look end of the day the Snyder Cut is everything every Marvel movie has ever wanted to be so <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> that's my personal take on that yeah. I, I, I love the Snyder stuff though from Man of Steel on I mean, I even really like Batman vs Superman, mm-hmm. and so yeah, I love Man of Steel. Yeah. I thought that was a great movie, and I there were touches there, like where um, in the soundtrack where they brought mm-hmm. back his theme in super subtle ways, mm-hmm. not like anything really um, extremely on the nose, but it was just well done yeah. overall. And I loved that, um, like the old epic era where Hercules was, yeah. Comes out, yeah. And, Hercules and and uh, Hera's in there. And, yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, oh, this is the official podcast for Small Town Monsters. <laughs> uh, it is a podcast about paranormal topics, uh, folklore, that sort of thing. We are talking about uh, the Olympic Peninsula this week. If you're interested in seeing the show, you can become a squad member on YouTube. Click the join link at the top of the page on desktop. If you do not see the join link, it's because you're on a mobile app and you you're either on the app or you're on the mobile your mobile browser, and it probably isn't showing up on there. I think tr- typically you have to go on the desktop to become a member, but you can become a member at the lowest tier to actually see Monsteropolis recorded, uh, edited by the uh, incredible Aaron Gaskin, and uh, released each week. Uh, along with a host of other uh, subjects and and, uh, projects. I don't know what to call them. There's a ton of content. There's production diaries. He's hard at work right now on the the, uh, How of the Ruguru production diaries. He has, we just released an hour and 17 minute long 
part one production diary for On the Trail of Hauntings, episode three. <laughs> there's multiple, there's more coming. Wow. Uh, and that was just part one. So uh, it's worth joining just for that kind of stuff. If you're into the behind the scenes minutia of Small Town Monsters, you'll love it. If you're just into the paranormal, I think there's plenty of stuff happening over here for you to, to get something out of it. Are there um, interviews on there, like uncut interviews? Are those coming? That, no, those are on there. We are releasing them kind of sporadically right now, but so far we probably have a dozen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those do include like Lauren Coleman's interview from On the Trail Bigfoot. Uh, we released a few of the Bell Witch doc, uh, uncut interviews when the movie came out. So you've got Tim Henson's, you've got Brandon Barker. Um, we need to get to work on Pat Fitzhugh sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's at the the investigator level and yeah. higher. Um, and then there's there's more at the higher levels. The top tier level, I'm just going to level with you if you're listening to this. The top tier level, which is $50 a month. Those are just very generous, lovely people who are supporting STM. They do get like a care package that Adrian curates. Um, but they're helping to keep the uh, entire squad afloat. So a huge shout out to to our uh, top tier uh, squad leaders. Um, but yeah, we try to give something different at each of the levels. And so once you're an investigator and hire, you get access to the uncut interviews. Yeah, and We'll get to work on more of those soon. We actually wanted to get into some of the uncut interviews from like hauntings at some point here too. On the Trail of Hauntings, I think is the, the big draw for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because that's an, an original series that we're creating specifically sure. for squad. There's more coming. Uh, Beyond the Trail launches very soon. Uh, and I can tell you guys just from what I've been watching, it's really great. I'm very excited about it. It is everything I was hoping for, which is like mm-hmm. bushcraft and Bigfoot. Yeah. So yeah, it's super cool. Just the other day, I was thinking about being there for the interviews at uh, Miller County Historical Society for mm-hmm. Boggy Creek. Just remembering what it was like to be in that, you know, look at all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then here the two men that were interviewed that day that was just because that was our first day yeah and uh, oh yeah we met you guys yeah yeah i had a a horrible migraine that day (laughs) couldn't wait to get back to the hotel and crash Mm -hmm. for a couple hours um and that was interesting about the the uh louisiana shoot i didn't have didn't have migraine the whole time you didn't no wow 50 people just tuned out (laughs) like when are they going to talk about something bigfoot related what are we talking about Bigfoot related this week, Mark? Well, we are talking about our impending trip to the Olympic Peninsula. Yeah. Uh, when this drops, we'll be just days away from leaving mm-hmm. to go out to the OP, which is a place that I've wanted to return to ever since the day that we drove out and towards the Yakima Valley. Yeah. Um, I've hoped that we'd be able to get back and we're returning in a major way. Yeah. So where in the past we were like scratching the surface, this will like this will be habituating ourselves. Yeah, in LP. I, I think I think we'll get to see uh, a lot more of this area. Very very similar to what we did with the Adirondacks and Journey. I think we'll see. Even though this film isn't about our trek around the Olympic Peninsula, I think we're going to get to see a lot of the Olympic National Park area. Yeah, and and even like places like Mount Rainier, we're going to get to. To mm-hmm. see on a level we haven't really gotten uh, had the opportunity to. Um, this is all being done for on the trail of Bigfoot: The Discovery, which is a uh, look at the Olympic project, a full look at the Olympic project and the work they're doing 
in the, the state of Washington and I guess their uh, contributions to the field of Sasquatch research in general. Um, Mark and I have talked before about the Olympic project. For me, for my money, there's only two uh, large scale groups of researchers that I uh, consider to be at the, the top, the forefront of, of, of approaching, scientifically approaching Bigfoot uh, research. And one is the NAWAC and the other is uh, the Olympic project. We've already kind of done a look at the NAWAC, um, although at some point I'd really like to expand that to, to be a much larger film. Hint, hint, anyone from the NAWAC <laughs> listening to this. Uh, and the, the, um, we're going to, it's time to do the same sort of treatment for the Olympic project. And so that is the goal here is to do a look at um, that region, those people, what drives them, and, and how they approach the actual you know, investigation of, of the subject. It's been interesting because, you know, since the beginning, you and I have talked a little bit about, you know, what is the, what is the discovery? You know, what, is, what are we going for with this particular project? And I thought it was really, I'm glad that kind of settled on not only the, the lore and the stories, but being able to give a spotlight to that group is really important. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a very, it's a rare opportunity that we're being given really to spotlight them mm-hmm. because they've turned down a lot of like cable TV and things of that nature and been involved in other projects and they would have every right to just say no to all of it. So I'm, I'm excited to be a part of this project and have a, a, a hand in telling their story mm-hmm. and kind of getting to the bottom of what, how'd they get to this point? Because clearly, they're doing things in a in a different way than most do Bigfoot studies, and I think that it's um, well worth highlighting. Hopefully, uh, be something that other other people or interested parties will look at and try to emulate yeah. in some way. Yeah, and I mean, having said that, I also understand that not everyone has a dedicated group of researchers. Like a lot of people are like. That's one thing that I've always appreciated about that sixth episode of On the Trail of Bigfoot is the dichotomy between the NAWAC or the Olympic Project mm-hmm. and the guys like Mike and mm-hmm. Mike Feldner and Mike Miller. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, most most investigators are like Mike and Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, if you're, I, th- I see a lot of people forming groups mm-hmm. of of you know research groups that go out and um, investigate the the topic. Um, who do so with seemingly no idea of how to actually approach that. Mm-hmm. Um, the issue there, I think, becomes that you're calling yourself like a Bigfoot research organization while while basically being just like a party hub for yeah <laughs> for for a bunch right. of dudes, sure, which is fine, I guess. But yeah, um, yeah, I, I like to see I'd like to see more groups approach this in the way that that the OP does. So that's, I know that's what's driving us back out there. But like you said, for me, I was just talking to Aaron today. I don't know if you find yourself doing this, but when you talk about some of these places, I, I, there are few, if any, uh, maybe the Adirondacks would be the only one actually. Mm-hmm. But even that, it's, it's, it's a different, there's an, uh, an, uh, shock and awe aspect to going to the OP, yeah. uh, the Olympic Peninsula. And I don't know if it, that's just because we're from Ohio and we're not used to the 
grand mountains mm-hmm. and all the and, and the dense forest, but there is something different about going there than going to even to the Adirondacks. I don't know what that is, mm-hmm. but when I describe Lake Crescent, when I was describing yeah. Lake Crescent uh, or Crescent Lake, Lake Crescent, Lake Crescent yeah. when I was describing Lake Crescent to Aaron earlier, I said it is like you're looking at a Tolkien painting, mm-hmm. like it's. It's like you've traveled. We t- we called it yeah, Middle Earth yeah. when we were there because right. that's what it's like. You you are transported to one of the most beautiful places on planet Earth. I would have assumed haven't been around as all, <laughs> yeah. all of planet Earth yet, but I'm, I'm assuming this has to make at least the top fifty. Yes, um, and it's it's just a, you know Hurricane Ridge and all this. We never even got to her. Yeah, it's Ridge. absolutely. That's the thing that I'm most excited about is that for as you know, as enamored of this place that we've become, there's so much that we've yet to see, mm-hmm. including the coastline, including the mountains themselves, Hurricane Ridge, of mm-hmm. course, being the most accessible and I think famous spot. And I used to have a webcam that I was able to look at for, on Hurricane Ridge wow. and then, I don't know, a, a bird hit it or something. Blew off. <laughs> yeah. But I would look at that almost daily just to see, was it cloudy, is it sunny, you know, and just to put me back in that location. But also the rainforest parts. Yeah, we didn't we just, it to the yeah. we, we, we got on the outskirts, right? When we just went to the outskirts, yeah. But not yeah. like the full, quiet, mm-hmm. rainforested area. And I think that's one of the things that's so attractive to me about this this particular location is that it's so peculiar. And in the, in this, the span of just miles, you can go from... On the western edge of the mountains, a place in the United States, contiguous 48 states, it gets the most amount of rain per year. And then on the other side of that same relatively small mountain range is one of the most arid places in the United States. And um, all within this one little peninsula area. Hmm. And then, of course, there's the the western coast with uh, sort of the shelf islands that are out there, very iconic when you see... Instagram posts of hashtag Olympic Peninsula. It's usually yeah. those islands yeah. that you see, and uh, waterfalls and everything. I mean, it just has it's it's got a grandeur, but it's accessible and it's very wild. I mean, I've become. That's where I was going to yeah. go with that. Is that it? It um, unlike a lot of the places in America that we consider wild, and I'm you know even places like Yosemite, there is a uh, a ruggedness. Uh, untamed aspect to that area that i i don't see much you know elsewhere and i haven't been to yosemite but i'm talking about the there there's still there's the roads cutting through it and people driving in long lines of traffic yeah. i mean despite the fact that it's a national park the olympic national park is not as popular as many i mean i would it's got to be toward the bottom of the list, right? People do not talk about Olympic National yeah, Park. Yeah, not in the way that they talk about the Grand Canyon yeah. or Yosemite, as you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's somehow it's flown under the radar. And I think that's interesting. It's kind of strange because it is one of the kind of the first success stories as far as protected lands mm-hmm. go. And I tip our caps to the the people who worked really hard to keep that from disappearing entirely. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, we have been out there in various locations where you can clearly see where um, it's been clear cut. And that could have been the entire Olympic Peninsula. Mm -hmm. And it could have easily broken that way if 
just from reading the histories and mm. people early on got the idea that this place, I and mean, part of it is how hard it is to do anything there besides log. I mean, that, that in the histories that I've read, I mean, people have gotten certain ideas like, oh, let's build a railroad. But then you get there and it's like, where would you Where's build it? Go? How would you do that? And um, so a lot of the natural resources have remained fairly natural. And it, it, to, it's so wild. It's to the degree like when you get into the history of the native cultures, some of them, their main thing was whaling. Yeah. Like they would build these long canoes out of giant trees and go out and hunt whales. And that was their livelihood. Mm -hmm. And the, to me, I don't know, just to be in an area where that was a thing that people did and they lived their life based off of that. Um, to think that there's still places in the United States you can go and, you know, you're not that far removed from that kind of life. It's it's pretty amazing. And, I mean, the reason we're going there is because of Bigfoot. Yes. And, and those sightings are happening mm -hmm. still today in that area. There's, um, I don't know how much of this I want to talk about, actually. I started going into, there, but there's an area with, yeah, I can't, I, there's mm -hmm. a thing, there's another thing with another thing and a thing sure. I can't talk about. So, but yeah, there's, there's so much to do up in that area, so much to see, but it all sort of centers around Bigfoot. And when you go there, I think it, you know, I think that's one thing we did not, we definitely didn't get into that with On the Trail of Bigfoot um, with the first one. When mm -hmm. we went, that that episode tended to focus on the on Sheen and Derek, a little bit about their own experiences, mm -hmm. a lot about how they're friends. Yeah. And that's what that 30-minute episode is about. It doesn't mm -hmm. get too deep into the Olympic Peninsula. In fact, I think Sheen and Derek's episode is the Pacific Northwest episode, isn't it? where it really goes into the Pacific Northwest mm -hmm. history and the birth of Bigfoot. So it isn't yeah. necessarily about them. It's not even concentrated on them. Yeah, it isn't, even, it, it isn't even centered around the, 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 that part of the country. Um, so that's something that I definitely want to really cement with us, is how, mm -hmm. how vast that area is and how forested and how rugged it is. But that I am most excited about getting to the coast. So yeah, we, we didn't. We were supposed to do that mm -hmm. the day after I got sick. That was yeah. where we were supposed to be going next, and we never made it. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. All and right. The way you set the trip up, we're, we've got oh like yeah extra time. Uh, should we talk there. about like the the? Because I sent you the schedule, but I don't even know if you saw it yet. I haven't really had a chance to look at it. So yeah, I and I guess I can't really, really <laughs> go into that either. I can at least mention the fact that yeah. the first night's in Olympia. Yes. Uh, which it might seem weird because I think the area we're in is fairly civilized. It looks like it's a fairly populated mm -hmm. area. That's just because it's on the way to where we need to go. It's the last gasp well, of civilization. And I'm frustrated now because I only did that because originally our plane was getting in later in the day. Right. We got, we're getting in three hours now, three and a half hours before when we were originally supposed mm -hmm. to. We could have easily made it all the way up to where we're staying on, yeah. on the next day. We could have easily left the airport and made it to Forks. Um, and just skipped, you know, mm -hmm. but anyway, Forks, that's where we're spending the next two nights. So Olympia and then Forks, uh, and then we'll be heading back toward like the Eastern side of the park, um, for the rest of the trip, mm -hmm. which I believe I can talk about. Yeah. And most importantly, we're staying, uh, on Lake Crescent for at least a couple of nights, yeah. which, which took me a lot of doing, but we managed to pull off. Yes. That's, that's going to be phenomenal. 
And the trip, um, the crew is unique. I think we've talked about this on the show, though. Have we? No, I don't think not. so. Okay, so the crew is uh, Mark and myself, um, Adrian, uh, uh, Nicole, Aaron, Andy. And then meeting us out there is Brandon Dalo, which is sort of a last-minute addition. Um, he was originally talked to me about maybe like meeting up with us toward the end of the week, and then and then it changed. Now he's he's basically basically going to be with us for the entire trip, which might not seem like a big deal. Except Brandon, I, I went. I don't remember what the last shoot he was on was. It had to have been UFOs, the mm-hmm. Southwest Desert. Yeah. So it's been a while since Brandon was on a an STM shoot. When was the last time you were on it? Was it Bray? Is it Bray Road? Bray Road. Well, um, a shoot like that. Well, yeah, yeah with him. And, well, what I mean is oh, a shoot, shoot with Brandon. With Brandon. Oh, yeah. It would be Bray. Then. Yeah. Right. So in some ways, like it'll be wow. it'll be our first time back with that yeah. little little group. I mean, Aaron's going to be there. If we could have gotten Zach and Jason, it would have been a Boggy Creek return. <laughs> um, but then uh, the the we're also adding more crew toward the back half of the week. Alexander Petikov. And Eli Watson are coming mm-hmm. up, and they'll be a part of the crew. They're there to work on uh, Beyond the Trail, uh, which is a tie-in episode. And I think <clears throat> going forward, this is kind of like what Beyond the Trail is going to become, is a companion piece to On the Trail Up. So he'll be creating Beyond the Trails. Honestly, while I was in Louisiana, I got frustrated with, with myself that we didn't do that for ah. Louisiana, because it would have been... Really cool because it doesn't have to just be Bigfoot. It's called Beyond the Trail, not Beyond the Trail of Bigfoot. Yeah, like he could do, he could have been doing a Beyond the Trail down there. Um, but Alexander and, and Eli are joining us, and then toward the very end, Shannon Legro will join us for the last three nights as well. So the crew's huge for us. I mean, it's ten, it's ten people strong, so it's a pretty big crew. But when you consider that two of those people are kind of off doing their own thing and then Shannon's there as much to be on camera as she is to be a part of the crew. Um, it all makes sense. Yeah. It's going to be wild though. It will. It will. That, that usually is a good thing. Mm-hmm. I, what, what part of this are you most looking forward to when it comes to the actual, you know, like I guess the truth, well, just on the whole, what part of this? Uh, on the whole is, to? I think I'd answer that by saying more time everywhere. Mm-hmm. So we'll have more time just to, uh, you know, get a sense of these areas and in some cases spend a couple nights in places that uh, are worthy of all sorts of exploration. Um, Also, you know, just to return to uh, a connection with the Olympic Peninsula and the Olympic Project members and spend some more time with them and really have some in-depth conversation with them about not only what they do, but you know how they got into it, what makes them tick, and why do they still do it. Um, I'm, I'm really interested in having those type of conversations with those guys and meet people like David Ellis, whom I've never met or spoken with individually yeah. yet either. So that's, I, I'm just really, I think it's the fact that we'll have an abundance of time versus just going from place to place, you know, and, and getting the experience under our belt, but now being able to return there and really see what it's like, like over the course of a week. That'll be really, really cool. We, if you're interested in being a part of this one or getting, getting to see a behind the scenes look, I know there will be production diaries for squad, which, and honestly, I'm not sure yet how we're going to dole those out. I don't know 
when it comes to on the trail of, we almost are getting to the point where we can't release the production diaries until the films are out because because I'm afraid we're giving away too much. Um, I know we are going to make plans here fairly soon to start working on the production diaries for on the trail book for the journey. But a lot of that stuff you can't give it away because it's yeah. like it's letting you see what is going to happen in the movie. So I'm not sure yet how that'll play out. But you'll definitely get glimpses of the shoot during the um, during the the, uh, the all the different like squad casts and all the stuff that I'm sure we'll be doing. And we'll probably try to do some live stuff. I'm assuming oh, sure. while we're there too. Yeah. Um, if uh, we, well, if we speech have reception. prepared. Yeah. Here's tears. where the first passage took place. Of- what books you have books? What are what are okay? Bring them? Well, these are uh, this is sort of your garden variety Olympic Peninsula travel guide. Yeah. So is that just pictures. Yeah, that's all I care about. <laughs> it's got many pictures and a lot. Most books about the Olympic Peninsula I've discovered are arranged geographically, which I guess makes sense. But it kind of it assumes that you're coming at the peninsula from the direction that we are. Mm-hmm which is to say from Seattle and then um, Tacoma and Olympia and then heading west. So you have like a sort of from the uh, southeast part of the peninsula and you go up and around in a counterclockwise direction. So you sort of end up at the coast and then come down south with the mountains to your north. Mm -hmm. And in that way, then you see sort of the whole um, complex of how the peninsula is arranged and the different little geographical anomalies in each section. And especially the, um, the many, many native presences throughout the peninsula. I mean, you would think it's sort of a self-contained, fairly, you know, relatively small geographical area, but um, there's lots of different tribes that were there and in some cases still are. And just the sort of the uh, heritage that they leave behind, there's a picture in this the Traveler's History of Washington, and I think I marked it close to one, where there's a, a Thunderbird totem that's set up, and there's just this real wealth of of native lore and legend that's there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I've seen that one. Okay. There's, um... And we drove past a number of these, like... You um, did? Yeah, like the, the tribal headquarter, huh. welcome center, things like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember much about yeah. that trip after a certain point. Yeah. Um, the Grace Harbor's there, and we're going to drive right at least very close to it on the way back, so I think we probably need to try to swing in. There's a very large UFO festival that takes place there every year. They have a UFO crash, a famed UFO crash. So if nothing else, I feel like we have to stop just just for a sight of where a UFO went down. Mm-hmm. Um, the so uh, when we're when we're looking at the actual making of this movie and what the story is going to be, um, this is a, lifting the curtain a little bit. But a, a few weeks ago, or maybe a month ago, I can't remember. Mark was in here, and that was like something I asked him because to me, we are returning to a s- subject we've also al- already sort of explored, even though, like I said, it was a very short, short, you know look at the, at the Olympic Peninsula. But I think that's something that just making, just finishing on the trail of Bigfoot, the journey and seeing that movie is, is very much about the Adirondacks and upstate New York and the Northeast coast. But, um, 
it comes at it from a totally different direction from what I think we're going to do with this. Because that movie's about our journey. It's called that for a reason. It's about us. And it's about that trip. And this movie, while I'm still narrating it, and I'm sure I'll, I'll be on camera mm-hmm. as little as possible. Um, it is a movie about the Olympic Peninsula. And what what is it about this place that brought these people there that has centered Derek Randall's and Shane Corson and the Olympic project in that particular area and using that, um, using that location to do a much deeper dive into all these bigger questions we're going to be asking about the Olympic project and how they're approaching everything. And, and we've said it before, like it's called the discovery because of the nest sites, at least in some way, I'm sure we'll find something more, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> metaphorical to yeah. to relate that to eventually um but it is about the nest sites and and the the uh, pretty incredible stuff that they've discovered there some of which i don't think has been talked about elsewhere and i don't know how much we'll manage to tell in this film as well but but there are there have been some really uh pretty incredible sightings and things that have, uh, have mm-hmm. happened out there that that I'm excited to dive into with the film and, and even like getting into a little bit of the devil's Creek story and um, you know, like what role the Olympic project uh, played in looking into that case. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. We, other than the Adirondacks, I can't think of another film where we were like, we did something and we're like, ah, we didn't, we didn't get to do enough there. And yeah. then, so we're just like, ah, let's go do it. So we're just going <laughs> to go back and spend a week there. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be our our trek. I guess this is sort of assumed, but I would you talk about you know what would you like to do while you're out there? I I just feel very strongly that I'd love to have some sort of experience, mm-hmm. you know, and that's been playing around in my mind as I've been getting ready for this trip and thinking about it a lot. Is you know you, you get into philosophical conversations with people and like do you want to know do you not want to know do you want to find out what the answers are and those type of things and we we end up talking about that with different people from time to time and I sort of came to the realization that I would just like to have an experience mm-hmm. you know I I feel like going for answers is a little bit for me personally putting the cart before the horse because mm-hmm. I've never had an experience right. So there's nothing to base it off of except like evidence and proof and how do you arrive at answers. But I would like to hear something weird that I can't explain or even better, you know, see, have a, a no doubt about it eyeball sighting of some large creature in the woods. The or idea, see a bear. The, either or. If I see a grizzly, I'm running. Yeah. Uh, but even the idea that we would find answers in seven days when you're right. out there filming a movie, yeah. it's, I've always felt like that's, it's, it's unreal, yeah. unrealistic is, yeah. uh, at the, at the least it's right. unrealistic. Yeah. Um, but I think I'm in the same camp except, you know, I've had something happen in the woods. Mm-hmm. A, that was my, I'm cool with the <laughs> yeah. book. I don't know if you, if you read that. It happened at the same moment I was stifling a burp. So. It ended up looking like I was about to throw up on you. Um, I know that look. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you do. You've seen it. Um, I'm so sorry for that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, the the I, I just can't think of another place other than the Adirondacks. I keep bringing yeah, up the Adirondacks yeah. where I would rather have something 
Sure, happen. I mean, it's like the Olympic Peninsula or the Adirondacks. Like, either mm-hmm. of those places, I want something to happen. And I think I'm taking maybe greater steps on this one to try to put us in positions to have yeah. encounters or something happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and even the nights where I don't have, like, night ops planned, I still kind of personally want to just go out in the woods oh, and see yeah. if something happens. Absolutely. Like at, at, at every opportunity. And, and I know even, you know, the first two nights are kind of where we're on our, well, no, nights two and three. That first night is Olympia, and I'm pretty sure that's not wooded, mm-hmm. but um, not where we're staying anyway. But even those two nights in Forks, I would like to just go out in the woods and see if we could, even if it means headlamps and hiking out, you know, mm-hmm. just hiking somewhere mm-hmm. and trying to put us in places where maybe something will happen. Yeah. And, you know, maybe we should spend a little bit of time, like, looking at, like, well, what, what do we want to do those two nights? Because I, not the whole group, as many people as there are, I don't know that every single person is going to want to go looking for Bigfoot every night. Mm-hmm. But while I'm there, I'm going to be attempting to put myself in those yes. positions as, as much as possible. Right. And I think, yeah, as I think that's, that's the thing. When I consider, you know, having, getting that experience, I think on a, percentage basis we're going to a place where if anything's going to happen Mm -hmm. our chances are greatly enhanced by being in the places where we'll be yeah you can't control that obviously Um, people who have dedicated their lives to pursuing these things most of the time haven't had experiences of their own but it just it just seems like this is a place that is uh, just you know uh, on a on a percentage basis your chances are obviously, I think, better being in in the Olympic Forest or the Olympic Peninsula than just about anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would wonder as as time goes on and we continue making all these projects, are our chances of encountering something going up or going down? Because <laughs> yeah. as we, yeah, it's just interesting sure. to think about in a, yeah. in a larger uh, picture. But um, yeah. I, I want, yeah, I want to go, the other thing I want to do, it's interesting too, I was going to say, we we originally didn't know, I didn't know, I, I actually toiled over this for a long time. When you're planning this stuff, you've got to go in and figure out where are we staying this night, this night, this night, it's a whole thing, because we're, a lot of the time you're driving around, mm-hmm. and on this trip, I didn't know where to start and where to end, because it was like, do we want to go outside of the Olympic area? Do we want to go toward Rainier and the Cascades a little bit on the first couple of days and then hoof it back to, mm-hmm. and then I think we reached the point where I asked you about it and we kind of just, I think you were the one that kind of said we should probably just stay focused on that range. And it's because it's about the Olympic project mm-hmm. and it's about the Olympic peninsula. So we could have easily gone down to Rainier and spent a couple of days. We could have even driven down to like Mount St. Helens or whatever, mm-hmm. but we've already done that. And I felt like, Let's just do what we did with the Adirondacks. Kind right. of keep keep to that area. Yeah. That's our base of operations. Someday, maybe I can come back and make a movie about uh, the other part of Washington. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, we still got to do, we have yet to do Northern California. I mean, that's right. got to happen at some point. Yeah. We got to do BC. We want to do Alaska. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as long as people are watching these movies anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. Final thoughts on this? Because I know you probably had a lot more you wanted to do. Well, no, I think, um, yeah, I'm very happy with the decision to, to kind of stay focused on the OP because there are, there's so much there that it's, you know, I don't think you could be there 
two weeks, three weeks and not see all the, the most beautiful sites and all the, you know, attractions. But I think also the benefit of us going with who we're going with and, and being able to meet up with the project guys is that they'll show us stuff that the tourists, you know, will never know about probably. And, you know, I just remember being in the barn at, at the project site mm -hmm. and seeing they have like a topographical map of the Olympic Peninsula and um, just imagining, you know, we're, we are here right now. We just walked up this ridge and um, then seeing how much more there was in contrast to what we had seen. And so being able to go back and, and just devote a lot of time to that. And as you said, then taking those unscheduled moments to be out on Lake Crescent, for example, or walk up into the woods mm -hmm. and just see what you see. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, it's even, I know that if I do hear something or see something, I'll still be like pretty skeptical about what it was and not every sound in the woods is going to be a Bigfoot. And if nothing happens, then we were in one of the most scenic and historic places in the United States and yeah. get to document that is, is its own thing that I'm excited to go do. Um, check out uh, on the trail of Bigfoot though the first series you can you can if you haven't seen it yet uh, really recommend watching the legend or the search or just find the original episode by episode versions of those mm -hmm. um, they're out there somewhere other than DVD I don't know where we need to get those on Blu-ray DVD mm -hmm. and Blu-ray that would that would be important coming up um, but on the trail of Bigfoot the the journey. Um, you know, I mean, these these movies are episodic, even though we've switched from the original traditional episode, short form, episodic format, into the longer form uh, films. The films are episodes. Mm -hmm. Like, they are. Like, they're all still interconnected, and they're still telling the story of our interaction with the Bigfoot subject. I mean, I think that's the heart of the whole thing, is, like, how, you know, we're perceiving the subject. Mm -hmm. A lot of it's from our own, uh, through our own eyes. So, um... The Journey comes out uh, June 8th. June 8th. June 8th. That's the day. Or you can come see it at the Camp Palace Theater. Right. On April 17th. Or, yeah, April 17th. <laughs> All right. I've got to stop talking. Time dates. jumps. Time um, yeah, thanks for tuning in, guys. Send us mail, monsteropolismail at gmail.com. We'll catch you later. <laughs>